If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Live Bet Sunday on VSEN, the sports betting network. All right, welcome into this second hour live at Sunday here on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. I'm laughing because we are talking about the beloved South Point hot dog cart that sits just out there, and you probably actually just saw it in the shot. And um, I did this was back in 2019. I made a uh, a fake South Point hot dog cart Twitter account, and uh, the top the top tweet <laughs> is one of the best gifts like ever. <laughs> and we won't uh, talk about it on air because it's a bit it's, NSFW. It's, yeah, it's just a lady getting of... a bunch of hot dogs thrown on her face. It's no great. big deal. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, also, see, this is why Mike, it's underrated. It needs more credit. One of the other tweets. So Mike Palm, one of the famous things that Mike Palm used to do when he would come down here, he would always go get two hot dogs like all the time. And so uh, the second tweet of the account is, hey, at Mike Palm, are we meeting up today, bro? <laughs> so <laughs> It takes a certain sense of humor to run a burner Twitter account. You have that sense of humor. That's right. Sir. I just, I don't have the time. That's the problem. Well, no you one do. has time. Don't have the time. Well, some people, some of these freaks do. I yeah. do not. Just know. You're working seven days a week. That's right. why you get the Saturday show confused the Sunday that's show. That's right. <laughs> just know that, that it would have taken off had I had focused my efforts Probably. into the South of Hawaii. Which, by the way, you can follow it on Twitter at SB Hot Dog Cart. SB there you go. Hot Dog Shameless Cart. plug. So uh, give it a follow, and I'll see if I can remember the password and get back into that thing. So uh, NFL draft, I wanted to talk to you about this because we only meet once a week. So I wanted to go back first because I think there's a really fascinating market when it comes to Jack and, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, but we'll get to that momentarily. But I wanted to pick your brain on the big story, of course. So we don't need to go to the trade date, the trade details. Bottom line is Carolina Panthers now control the number one overall pick. And what happened after that was the market was like, C.J. Stroud's the guy. And Kelly and I were kind of laughing about this yesterday because I kept asking him, I'm like, where's the report that Stroud's going to be the dude? 
And all we can find is this one thing from Adam Schefter where he says absolutely nothing. He says, owner likes Bryce Young, coach likes C.J. Stroud. Or, yeah, that's the, that's the order it went. So the market was like, and it has moved now, so it looks like since, because yesterday we are talking about this at like minus 350, minus 370. It's now down to minus $3. Give me Bryce Young every which way at that price. I, I just don't understand why the market, again, this is just a price thing. Why would the market move that much in that direction with no solid information? I Someone knows something. I mean, that, that, I honestly, and I know that but sounds super but, vague. But do but they, though? I don't know, but that's the only reason why it would move that way, is you have not one, not two, but multiple groups, multiple sharp betters hammering that market. And I don't think it's straight public money that's going to move the market that much in such a short period of time. Usually the public money is more of a slow build because, again, the public bets smaller amounts. Uh-huh. I don't think it's public money at all. No, I agree. Yeah, I, I, don't I, so. oh, I don't think it's money at all. I think what it is is. You don't think how, if there's any money that was bet into that market for how much, move that much? What, what is the common theme we hear from bookmakers about this all the time? About when it comes it's to the information. But, it, they, but they also have to be taking money from. I mean, maybe. But there's, at, at this point, we are at March 12th. So you mean to tell me that at this point, at March 12th, with the, the draft not until the end of April, that the Panthers have. <laughs> we're good. We know exactly who we well, want. Well, I don't think they make the trade unless they know. Oh, I think they do. Really? I think you make the trade so that when you know who you want, you're going to get him. Well, I think part of the reason why it was made so early was because of the DJ Moore element Mm -hmm. and to get him on the roster for the league year, which starts Tuesday. That makes sense to me logistically. But then when I hold the cards in my hand and I think, okay, you have some extra assets to play with because of the McCaffrey deal last year. Carolina obviously is a willing Mm-hmm. willing activator in this in this trade market but do you pull there's a difference between negotiating and talking and actually pulling the trigger do you feel comfortable pulling the trigger without knowing who the guy is I, that's where me personally now i'm I, i'm not david tepper i'm not in that war room but me personally i'd want to know who i'm taking before i make that trade oh see i think the i think the value of having the number one overall pick is not acquiring it because you know who you want. It's so you think they're going to trade it again? No, I'm just saying I think the, the value for Carolina is we know we, we obviously know we want somebody. Why not give us – I want that first pick so I know that the guy I want, whenever I decide who it is, I'm going to get that's it. That's totally fair, and I think that's – there's definitely two ways of, th- of looking mm-hmm. at it. The question you have to ask yourself, when a market goes from what was Stroud, let's call it plus 150, and let's say 40%. Implied odds. Now right. it's seventy-five per, for a market to move that much in what ten minutes. Right, but there's, there's got to be something behind it. Then there was the report, and that's why I think so. There is the report, though, right? There's the Adam Schefter report, and here's why I also don't think that really this ties into like somebody's got to know something, right? Because just last Saturday, the market was telling us during the combine that Anthony Richardson was going to go before C.J. Stroud. Right. That so, was foolish. But that's what I'm saying. But so, that was tangible. You saw it, and people reacted to so, it. But that's this is tangible too, is it not? The, yeah, the, but the what's, where's traded. that report coming from? Adam Schefter. Question. But where is he getting it from? Right. Probably Carolina. But it's also, but it, but again, if you listen to it, it's nothing. It is. You're right. So, it is nothing. So, but wait, did that happen right when the trade was announced? So they pulled, they, then that's the thing. So the trade is announced. Everything gets taken down. We get the report pretty shortly after on TV that that's going to be the case, that the two sides like the two different quarterbacks. Can I, and the market can I flip goes it there. a little bit? Yeah. Because the one report that I read that had a little more starch to it was Frank Wright coming out at the combine and saying Bryce Young's size is a little bit of a problem. Mm -hmm. So as much as it's maybe not C.J. Stroud positive, maybe the market reacting to 
Frank Reich viewing Bryce Young in more of a negative capacity. Okay, too. so let's let's take that. Sure, because sure, there's a little bit more to that, right? That's worth putting the implied no. probability on C.J. Stroud. It's not. So, so it sounds it's like not. you and I both agree on the premise of 100%. there is value on Bryce Young. We're just disagreeing on how we got to this point. Yes, and, and that doesn't mean that I'm going to go out and bet Bryce Young because yeah. – I actually think Stroud, based off of the kind of offense Frank Reich likes to run, makes more sense, at least in my eyes. Mm-hmm. But I think this market still has more I, maneuvering to yeah. do. Well, and I just, it always I, does. We're two I mean, months from the draft. It's already starting, right? We said it got up to like minus 350, and it's yeah. already starting to make its way and, back and, down. And I think you're smart for wanting to play the peak at Bryce Young because we have been viewing Bryce Young as the odds-on favorite for the last month. Right for year for year, yeah. right? Like Definitely over the last yeah. month or so. The Anthony Richardson stuff. We, I gawked about it last week. The Will Levis stuff. We were hearing so many positive things yep. from the combine about those guys. It was the worst poker face in the history of poker faces. Because if you actually watched those guys play, and then you go watch C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young play, it's. And I understand that Bryce is the injury concern. C.J. maybe a little bit too, but. It's not even a comparison between those two guys. There's such a gap between the way those two guys play quarterback with their mind and how accurate they are compared to Levis and Richardson that it it didn't make sense for AAR to go go one. And Levis was just – that was just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And the last note, I think, on this too, when it comes to the quarterbacks at least, uh, because I know that we had – we were talking about this yesterday and somebody on uh, Twitter – uh, pushback is like, you know, Bryce Young is not head and shoulders because I use the term Bryce Young head and shoulders above C.J. Stroud as a passer. Every smarter person, scout-wise, film analyzer that I have read, if Bryce Young was six foot one, there's no question he's Absolutely. the number one overall pick. You're like really two inches and like 20 pounds from him being like, <laughs> like the Andrew Luck. Minus 5,000, right. Like, <laughs> not even close yeah. because when you, again, when you watch him play the game and – I guess I'm different. Now, listen, I played quarterback in high school. I'm not going to, you know, toot my own horn here. I'm not oh, Sean King. Oh, here we King. go. All right. I'm not Sean King. Oh, well, who's that? Napoleon Diamond? Uncle Rico? Right? Yeah. That, I mean, but to be fair, though, I can't still sling it around a little bit. You bet, but, bet you could throw it over the mountains over there, huh? I probably could. The mountains right out back behind the South Point. <laughs> Great reference, um, JVT. Good fantastic job. reference, Uncle Rico. Actually, in college, that was a nickname of mine because I used to brag about how good of a high school quarterback I was during our college intramural games, and they used to call me Uncle Rico. I swear. That's awesome. And, I just uh, picture you out in your trailer. <laughs> I'm a lefty, too, yeah. so it looks really good coming off my hand. But needless to say, I, I think I do have an ability to watch a quarterback play and, and say, okay, this guy has a chance to be good in the NFL. I don't think it's rocket science, by the way. But it's completion percentage. It's the pro football focus grades. I mean, these are all quantifiable metrics. And Richardson and Levis fall grossly short there. And Stroud's not grossly short there. I think he is certainly worthy of being a number one pick. Mm. But I agree with you that, to me, Bryce Young has a non-quantifiable factor to him that sets him apart, and it's it's the it factor. And and I know it's their gut, you know, all the things that we tell you not to gamble on, but in the draft, when there's no analytics, it's all opinion. It's all where do these GMs feel these quarterbacks fit into this equation. I do think that's worth something in the market. So – I agree with the the overreaction to the market. This market overreacts because, again, there's no bumper pools to play with here. This is not an analytical market where there's going to be buyback at a certain number because some sharp has this number and this sharp has this number, mm-hmm. and they play each other in between. This is all based off of conjecture and information, and the information at the time Carolina made the trade with C.J. Stroud was the guy. Now you're probably going to see the natural drift back towards Bryce Young. Yeah, this is going to be great to watch. And this is why, too, so I've, I've very much been in the camp of, like, Bryce Young is going to be the first pick. 
And I we were talking about this like a month ago, and my whole thing was like, just wait. Things are going to happen. This price that was minus 190 for Bryce Young to be the guy. You're Someone gonna, will say something. Right, and it's going to move, and you're going to get something here, and here it is right now. I just I, – all these things kind of put together – and again, like you said, it's all just kind of guessing and conjecture and whatnot. But I, I, I very much at this point of the game, very much push back on the notion that somewhere someone knows something today. I think someone gonna... has an idea. I think there is someone out there that is a market setter that strongly believes it's going to be Stroud. And that was the initial push. And then the market responded from there. Yeah. I also think, and this is the other point that I forgot to make because I got so excited. <laughs> The other thing that I you I get do, excited? No. Uh, the other thing no. that I do think is a fair thing to point out here is that the bookmakers hate this event so much. Oh, they hate it. Well, because here's the thing: they so absolutely hate it. I think they hate it so much that any single bit of information, any single bet that comes in, is viewed as let's react. Especially yes. if it's a sizable bet that yes, you know. Yeah, I'm not saying the, the, the move was warranted, but I definitely think the move started because someone pushed it. And then what happens is the steam chasers all jumped in after right. that. One person saw it move 20 cents, and they're like, oh, crap, I need to bet it now. And then it leads to the next one, and it leads to the next one. And because there's no natural buyback point in a market that's not driven by analytics, it's just a snowball. And it's going to be great when Will Levis is drafted first overall. That's not happening. I will go on record right now and say that, that is not fantastic. happening. That is not <laughs> happening. Uh, all right. We'll take our – actually, and I, I do want to hit, because I mentioned uh, the Jackson Smith and Jigba. I want to hit that as well, because yeah. that's a really fascinating market uh, and where he could potentially land. And I will say that the – the team that is favored to grab him, I think that is the wrong team. And I can understand why, but I think there's a shot on that board to take. It's not a massive shot, but at about 6-1, to one, I think it's definitely worth putting in your pocket. We'll talk about that when we come back. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Businessweek, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday... 
I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives, like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Live Bet Sunday on VSEN, the sports betting network. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, MGM Sports. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and way more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Got to be 21 years of age or older to wager and visibly located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. And we are in the books for the first half. Purdue, 35, Penn State, 27. Purdue Congrats. first half. Yeah, Purdue first half gets there. Now Penn State goes on and 10 nothing run to start the second half. Uh, I'm down with it. You know Let's what? Let's go. Do whatever happens. Whatever happens now from here. What, what's the stupid song? K Sarah, Sarah. Uh, let, let's go. That's a, that's a dated reference. I feel like Ortega would be happy with that. Here, how about this? Ooh, this is, I actually, I don't remember the name of this. So my dad used to make me watch like super old movies all the time. I think it's probably why I kind of hate old movies to a certain extent. That's a shame. Ortega, well, you know the answer to this? I know you're busy. So if you're busy, you don't have to answer this. Uh, I remembered it now. This is going to be a good reference. Brigadoon, you in on this? Do you like this movie? You know what this is? Uh, No. Isn't this like this? It's like a, I'm going to look this up. I think I got this right. It's like some old like 1920s movie about like a city that would like uh, a town that would like disappear and they would sing all the time and all that. Oh, it's terrible. Absolutely awful. I mean, I love how this guy doesn't watch old movies, and the one old movie he's watched is one that neither even yet. Two American pals on a Scottish hunting trip get lost in the woods <laughs> and come upon the magical village of Brigadoon, rising out of the Scottish mist once every 100 years. There you go. My dad made me watch it. It was awful. Good for you. That's not, a- not good for me. You imagine making a 13-year-old watch a movie, a musical from 1954? Yeah, I wouldn't have been too happy either. Oh, no. Terrible. I would have much rather watched Anthony Richardson throw at his pro day. I, I, re-watched, I re-watched those <laughs> passing drills, man. It was great on the combine. 
All right, you had a question for us before we get to my guy, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah, so uh, my question was, is this one of, like, the last uh, events, sporting events, where really having that, like, insider track and knowing how to decipher information is beneficial for the player over the book? Like, where you're just quick on, you know, quick on the Twitter, quick on, like, Reddit, you know, finding these things? I think yes is the answer. Mm -hmm. But I also think as much as it's about deciphering information, I think it's about knowing how to call someone's bluff. And also, frankly, we learned this. You learned this, I know, with the NBA draft. A lot of these insiders get fed specific misinformation by mm -hmm. the teams to try to not tilt the markets. The teams don't care about the gambling markets. But if all of a sudden you want to draft a guy and you put a report in to Woj or Schefter that this is the guy we're targeting when it's really another guy – it, you, you, you want that head fake. You want to see how teams react and maybe send you an offer. Maybe they reach out and try to trade ahead of you or whatever. It is a massive it's, – it's, we use the word smokescreen all the time. But I really think it's about being able to understand the context behind each smokescreen. It's very hard to do. I don't get it right all the time. But I think the better people that do it in this market are ones that are more on the journalistic side than the ones that are just the professional betters at number grab. Yeah. And I, I would say, Ortega, the thing that books are doing to, to combat this are twofold. One, it's just don't hang it up until, yes. you know, <laughs> unfortunately the, the week of, or, you know, we see some spots in out here in Las Vegas who, uh, for those who don't remember or know, we have a, we have a rule out here in Nevada. It's got to be taken down 24 hours before the event. Yeah. So they'll hang it up on like Tuesday and let it sit there for they'll 24 give you like hours. Two days yep. max. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe on the Monday and then it'll be gone uh, because they have to take it down 24 hours. Some we're starting to see won't hang them at all now. And the ones that will, will severely limit any single yeah. play worth the worthy of note. Um, at this, especially at this early point, and especially because you mentioned the most important part after what has happened, and let's not forget the last three drafts. If I remember correctly, the NHL draft also had some shenanigans oh, yeah. with their first overall pick. So we saw what happened in the NHL draft last year. We saw what happened in the NBA draft last year, and for a while it was confirmed that Walker was going to be the guy for uh, at the top of the draft last year. Yeah, and so that thing was just pounded into oblivion, and people. Would, I don't care if it's minus five hundred. I'll put twenty bucks on it each time. Let's go. You keep betting and betting it because it's a sure thing, and that's what happened. So to your point, Ortega, obviously, like I say, I would agree. Yes. But the way that these books are combating it, which is everything we talked about, while it's a good edge for betters, it is almost kind of hard to utilize that edge because of the steps that bookmakers have been taking. The limits, I think, is the big one. Yeah. If you And I am not a high-limit better. I'm a $100 a unit better. I am never going to prevent a sports book from putting up a right. number based off of my action. So I have a very different experience betting into this market than, let's say, a professional that's betting $10,000 units. So I've never had that issue, but I do think the bigger, more respectable shops here in town are taking the ultra kneel it out defensive minded approach with these markets. But that doesn't mean there aren't other sports books and other markets that have a little more flexibility. So I wanted to move on to this market. So this is, first off, we should note here. So the odds to be the first wide receiver drafted. This has also shifted. Quentin Johnston at one point was, the, I don't know if he reached odds on status. I know he, even money was the best yeah. price, was, you know, the lowest price that I saw on him, or I guess highest, because that's the probability is the highest. Uh, right now, it is Jackson Smith and Jigba at minus 130. The odds on favor to be the first wide receiver taken. I wanted to bring this up because I do think there is a chance that Jackson Smith and Jigba, obviously, is the first wide receiver taken. My question for you, though, Jared, is where? Because there's assumption, and in the market this is reflected, that the Houston Texans, with that second pick that they have in the first round, 
would be taking him if that is going to be the case. And for those who don't know, the Houston Texans control the 12th overall selection. So the thought is pick your quarterback, pick your wide receiver. However, I don't think that's actually the case. I think, remember, John Mechie's about to come back. He's, he's starting to get healthy, and by all accounts, should be back with his team in full-time activities in this offseason with the Texans. So that's a second-round pick that they spent on wide receiver. Jackson Smith and Jigba, I think, arguably, is the better prospect, but they play a similar game at wide receiver in terms of putting him more inside. I would not be surprised if the Texans don't take a receiver there, and you look at the way this draft breaks down. If we're talking, let's assume one through four is any mixture of quarterbacks and one defensive player. Let's say, yeah. you know, whatever Arizona does with that pick. Amongst these teams, Seattle, Detroit, Las Vegas, Atlanta, Chicago, Philly, Tennessee, Houston, and the New York Jets, which of those teams are taking a wide receiver? If it's not Houston, Tennessee, you know, they're the first one that comes to mind. But didn't they just do they this, just though? They just took one they just, last yeah. year, and he was average at best. And they're a team that looks like they're going to be stripping it down to the studs or yeah. really close to it. You don't draft a wide receiver if that's your, you know, your – after spending a first-round pick on one last year, right? 100%. And, uh, listen, Traylon Burke's a great player, but I, I, I would put Jackson Smith and Jigba way ahead mm-hmm. in terms of that. But Tannehill at quarterback, it looks like he's coming back. Derrick Henry, we don't know. They also just cut Ben Jones. Uh, they're, they're long-term, uh, long-time starting center. Taylor Lewan also was a cap casualty. Those are two massive pieces on the offensive line. That's where I would build first. Well, the first thing of note with the wide receiver position is, and I just went back and checked my numbers over the last two years, both wide receiver props went over in the first round the last two drafts. The wide receiver position is just expanding. You have a ton of really good wide receivers in this draft. They're more valuable in today's NFL, too. Absolutely. So what does that mean for Jackson, Smith, and Jigba? Nothing specifically about the team, but maybe a team gets a little more frisky with taking him if they believe he's the first wide receiver off the board than they would be in prior drafts. So very hard to peg. And I think because of this draft where you have Quinton Johnson, you have Jalen Hyatt, you have Zay Flowers, who had an unbelievable combine Mm -hmm. and, and looks to be physically getting bigger. That was the knock on him. He was just a little smaller. But he's gained some weight and looked like he's beefed up a little bit. And, of course, Jordan Addison, who might be the best of the bunch, frankly, I think you're going to see an early run at receiver. So whoever takes the first receiver, that's where the snowball effect, the domino effect certainly comes into play. New England Patriots at six to one to be the Fantastic team to draft pick. Jackson Smith and Jigba. That's what, I, 16, that's what I wanted to get to. Right? 15, 14. 14. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I think that's around the time that the run on receivers will go. How about just the Patriots to draft a receiver in the first round? That would be an interesting. I mean, that I would assume that is a that would is the favorite. Like the yes, would I be would guess. Or wide but you never know with these markets, that. right? You never know where they're going to index these futures. But just so. knowing what the Patriots need, agreed, and are yeah. in desperate need of. I'd be fascinated to see if and when that market gets released. What yeah. what is the number? Is but, it a massive favorite? Because I think that would tell you the market feels very strongly, or is it a little more closer to a pick'em? And I also think the the interesting one. I think for Jackson Smith and Jigba, there were two that, that I, I settled on. So it was the New England Patriots at six to one, and it would be high. But having said that, you have two really good receivers in Seattle. You don't really have an inside slot receiver that's like overly, overly dangerous. Jackson Smith and Jigba with those two there. I mean, I got to tell you, be a pretty good wide receiver core to have if you're the Seattle Seahawks with your newly signed for two year quarterback, Geno Smith. Well, here's the thing about that out they're the, 22 to one. I the think. thing about these markets that's interesting mm. is. You take a team like the Dallas Cowboys. That's the sixth team on this board. And they're not anywhere near the position you would think is required to draft this kid, which is 27th overall. That's where Dallas has the first round pick. Mm -hmm. So sometimes the market tells you that 
oh, there might be another dark horse in there. Maybe trade up. And we talk, we've heard Dallas wants to make a splash receiver. We've heard DeAndre Hopkins. We've heard a bunch of different things. You just don't know what Jerry Jones is going to do. But I think it's interesting when you look at these markets and you look at, all right, in the teens there, well, Dallas isn't anywhere near that regard, but they're still the sixth team on the board. And the way that I've put this a couple of times, wide receiver seems to be so much more personal when it comes to yeah. the teams, right? So, like, if it's just not a guy that fits with the core that you already have, you tend to see them. Hey, Ruggs is always a good example for the Raiders. They wanted speed. They go him, whatever. Yep. But I think Point. it's a really interesting way to put it. All right. We'll come back. We have plenty left to get to here uh, when it comes to this Live Bet Sunday edition on this Selection Sunday. This is Live Bet Sunday on VSEN, the sports betting network. A reminder for everybody, too, that coming up at 4 p.m. Pacific time, betting the brackets will be live here on Visa, the Sports Betting Network, as the brackets will be set. And we'll have everybody Exciting. in terms of our college basketball analysts, all six of them. And then a special edition of the Greg Hoops Peter. Is it Greg Peterson experience or Greg Hoops Peterson experience? I think it's just Hoops. Uh, no, Greg, Greg Hoops right? Peterson. Oh, there is a Greg. I thought it was just Hoops so Peterson. It's the, it's the Greg Hoops Peterson experience. Correct. Exactly. I'd like to it's replace his first name with Hoops. Yeah. He, his first name should just be Hoops. It's a mouthful. Either way, Greg will be live tonight, too. So there's uh, plenty of college basketball content to go around that starts at 4 p.m. Pacific time. We do have professional basketball that is being played today. Actually, we do have an early game. Denver down right now to the Brooklyn Nets, 54-51, with 3.48 left to go in the first half. So Denver uh, fooling around a little bit here against a Brooklyn Nets team that has been struggling offensively since being reconstructed. So far, not today against the Nuggets, but uh, – a little bit of an odd start time for Denver. Now, this is one. So, yesterday we saw – Kelly and I were throwing this around. We saw the market kind of freak out a little bit yesterday. So, the Clippers are playing host to the Knicks, and they open up a six-point favorites. Jalen Brunson is ruled out, but the market still moves in favor of the Knicks. And I was telling Kelly, I was like, do you think there's somebody who thought that this was going to be a tough start time for the Clippers because it tipped at 1 p.m. Pacific time – not realizing that the Knicks were on the West Coast trip and like <laughs> it's the same thing for them too. But this is one where an early start time might mess with the team. Yeah, usually they say it's the the South Beach flu. Sometimes yeah. when you play the Miami Heat games down there, and I've heard it in New York too because you're playing Brooklyn and the Knicks back to back. So you're kind of in New York City for multiple nights and the party scenes can be a little bit uh, extensive for those cities. But yeah, on the West Coast there at the Crypt, not a whole lot of action there, huh? That's a good one. What did you think of that one? Yeah, you. You oh, gave it to thanks, me. Thanks, man. Uh, all right. So, <laughs> as we're keeping track of this, and uh, actually, really quick, let me give you, mm, 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 doing my favorite Mike Francesa noise. Let's see. We are at for Michael Porter Jr. I need five rebounds. You need four more, then. No, that's not good. So, you got one rebound right now through 12 I minutes. I figured he would be a little more active today after the choking incident the other night. <laughs> yeah, you a would A little think. more, uh, I would Fired say. Up? Yeah, well, let's just say, you know, a little more hustle. You ever, you ever been <laughs> choked? You ever been? Uh, thankfully not. Not my thing. I was about to follow up. <laughs> You've never been in a fight before. Nobody's ever choked you or anything no, but like, like that. Yeah. Like, I've had people place hand, hands on my neck before. Brian so there's, a, there's, an, there's an NBA game at 2 o'clock today. You want to talk about it? Is there? Why are you, why are you excited? <laughs> I, got, I got scared. Oh, he yeah. Scared. Like, what are you talking about? No. Talking I've about never like been in a fight. Before. Yeah, you ever been like, you listen, you. No, yeah. thankfully. Not I, what you're thinking I, I'm about. I'm a lover, not a fighter, JVT. I, yeah. I don't like to get into fights if I can avoid it. Although people think that I am because I'm big, tall, you know, burly, but that's not my thing. Not You've never been in a fight? I've been in a fight, but oh, it's okay, not something right, that right. I seek out. Okay. It's not like, I'm not like, oh, let's a, fight, bro. I'm that's very not much, my. That's uh, not my vibe. Uh, very much of the belief that you have to be punched in your face at least one time. Oh, I've been punched in the face multiple times, unfortunately. Most of them on the sporting, on the athlete field, though, inadvertently. 
Because you know, elbowed in the face, kneed in the face, it's, all uh, of those things. It brings it back down to earth a little bit. Some people get a little too big for their britches. Like I can, I can tell you. Do you want me to? Can I punch you in the face right now? What I about can, that? Tur- the slap tournament. I can look up. That's good. Have you seen the slap tournament? I can that's look nuts. at. A, I can look at a man and be like, "You've never been punched in the face." before. So when you look at me, do you think I've been punched? In the I face? think you've been punched in I the have, face before. I have, yeah. I have. But uh, but here's the thing. I, I don't didn't punch think, back. I don't think Ortega's been punched in the face before. Uh, He's got the no, baby face. No, I've, I've, I'm, I'm good. Wow, I don't I'm 100 percent on this. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I don't fight. I'm great at this. Well, I, the slap fighting tournament, the league is people like pass out. It's great. Like it is intense. But the the, the only time that I've been actually punched punched in a fight was sleepaway camp. I was like 13 years old. Sleepaway camp. And this kid just kept coming at me, and eventually I pushed him. And then he punched me, and I dropped like a ton of bricks. I really did. Oh, yeah, never been knocked out. That's a good thing. Yeah, I've yeah. never been knocked out. That's. Uh... I, it wasn't a knockout, but it was. It's it's startling. The yeah. first that yeah. was also the first time that I was punched in the face, and it was like whoa. And then unfortunately. During my quarterback days, I was punched in the face many times, but I had a helmet on. <laughs> you know what? The Knicks were punched in the face last uh, yesterday against the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, and now we get this spot on the road against the Los Angeles Lakers. So this is the second leg of back-to-back, but it's the L.A. back-to-back. So, I mean, it's kind of like a faux home back-to-back, right? Because you're staying in the same hotel. You're just chilling out there in Los Angeles. You just get a night, a night off in between games. So this is what I found interesting because I know you have a player prop thing. Uh, I, I would ask that you walk down this path with me and t- yeah. tell me what you think about this. So we see the market on what's today. So we see the market yesterday. Do it. We just talked about, right? No Jalen Brunson. Oh, we don't care. We'll drop that down one and a half points in favor in New York. It's fine. We'll close that four and a half. They end up losing. They don't cover that. So now we get this spot here against the Lakers. Again, no Jalen Brunson. And now the market's freaking out. They're like, nope, Lakers and Knicks, they're equals now. Like this is a, these are two teams that are power rated exactly the same. This is a team that was flying high, right? They, they go that game a week ago against the Boston Celtics and that double overtime ridiculous game that they end up winning. They go to the uh, Sacramento to start their West game, tri- West coast trip. They close one and a half point favorites, Jalen Brunson out there on the road against the Sacramento Kings. And because they dropped these few games, all of a sudden the market's like mm, equals with the Los Angeles Lakers. Mm. It just, the market rating on them is pretty fickle. And it just seems that when we're talking about now getting up to three and a half, I get that Brunson is not out there, but the market yesterday said no Brunson. That doesn't matter. Today they're saying, oh, it totally matters. Could be a little boost, too, with D'Angelo Russell playing better the other day and, yeah. and that being the now scoring threat for this Lakers team coming back from the ankle injury and, and performing very well down the stretch of that game. So maybe it's a mix of both, mm-hmm. but I agree that it's it's probably a bridge too far. And, and the Lakers are, they since they got Jared Vanderbilt and Malik Beasley in the starting lineup or into their lineups, uh, they are the best defensive team in the NBA over that stretch. They haven't been taking on dominant offensive teams. No by any means, but still they have led the league in defensive rating up to this point. So right now we're up to three. The news is that Jalen Brunson is not playing. So we'll see if this number continues to climb. I do see a couple of three and a halfs on the board. Uh, I'd be very interested to see where this number peaks at for the Los Angeles Lakers. Cause the market loves when the Lakers are playing well and they're playing well. And now they're taking on this Knicks team that is uh, coming off of a loss to a team that the market has lost respect for, which is the Los Angeles Clippers. You had a player prop angle here. Yeah. A couple. So uh, speaking of Russell again, return to the lineup Friday played mm-hmm. really well um, after missing six games with that ankle injury, five for five from the floor um, in the fourth quarter attempted eight threes in that game. So I think over two and a half made threes or just over his points total. Um, again, we'll see if, if the market corrects to him coming back and, and, and playing well now that he is back in the lineup. The other one I'll give you, and we just saw this number posted, was Josh Hart to make one three, over a half made threes, laying about 40 cents for that. 12 games with the Knicks. 
He's attempted a three in 11 of 12. He has made a three in eight of those 12 games. So minus 140 odds dictates about a 57-ish, right around there, percent uh, uh, probability. And then, you know, you look at 66, 67% based off of where his numbers have been with the Knicks. And again, the playing time is why I really like this, Mm -hmm. JVT, because you're seeing over the last six games so far in March, averaging over 30 minutes per game. You mentioned Brunson not playing. Give him a boost for playing time as well. We just need one. It's a volume thing with Josh Hart, and he's yep. in the game in those big glue tight moments because he's that kind of player. I'm not saying he's going to be looking for his shot, but when you only need one, and when he's on the floor in the big spots, it feels like a bet we got to make. Yep, and he has been he's been great for them. They love him. Yeah, uh, when he's on the floor, it's an extremely small sample size. He improves their net rating by 20 points to everyone under possession. He's, like, he's one he's of those nuts. guys that makes all the players around him better. Well, it's it was one of those trade deadline deals. Like it's it's look, is it going to increase the probability of you winning a championship? No, no. but it's such a good fit. It is like, rising it is, tide lifts all boats. Yep, it is square peg, yeah. square hole thing, yep. man. And he's a Thibodeau type of dude. Yep, he's playing with a former college teammate. Like everything kind of works for him. And uh, yeah, Hart's been freaking awesome for him. They turn the ball over a little bit more when he's out there because he plays a little bit quicker. But the guy's been absolutely fantastic. Fun player to watch. One of those guys you like to root for when, especially when he's on your team. <laughs> yes. Uh, the other was that you had. Uh, do you have anything else? There? Hart and Russell. Those are the two guys okay. I would target today. The uh, the other game that I wanted to mention really quickly here. Can we go to Portland and New Orleans because we've had a little bit of a flip when it came to the number here, and this is all the way up now to minus three in three wow. in, in some spots three and a half. Um, Look, Portland has been playing some pretty poor defense, but they're starting to get a little bit healthier now, right? Yusuf Nurkic, Anthony Simons, and others missing some time. Uh, New Orleans, though, is in a really bad spot overall, just considering the way that they've been playing offensively, been absolutely abysmal. And you look at their injury report again, no Brandon Ingram today. We know that Jose Alvarado's been out. Larry Nance Jr. might come back here. He's got it listed as questionable, but this is a Pelicans team that is getting thinner by the day. Is a team that cannot score against really anybody at all. And when you look at Portland starting to get some guys back and Damian Lillard being listed as probable for that game, you can understand why it's flipped. But I will say, we've seen many times this year, a player listed as probable eventually not playing in a game. So I would not yeah. count this as Damian Lillard is 100%, but it does look like he's going to be out there. And thus, you get this flip to Portland minus three on the road. Yeah, and again, New Orleans is just one of those teams that just can't get out of their own way with the injuries. And, you yep. know, the Zion thing is is in the news every week, it seems. And you would imagine that has an impact on morale and effort and, and overall enthusiasm. And they were so good when they were fully constructed, too. It It's a very intriguing team at full strength. But, you know, I'm reading reports from yesterday about the Zion Williams. So, I mean, it's just it, – it gets – it gets in your head. If you're a player on that team and you feel like every time you take a step forward, you take two steps back. And when you have a long season like the NBA does, the ebbs and flows sometimes matter a little bit more than what the analytics tell you what these teams are. And when these teams kind of go, you know, you, you have two teams facing each other that are trending in different directions. You have to account for that when you're handicapping it. And it, it's hard to do over an 82-game season. But that's why you're the man capping these games. Hard one handicapper over here. So hey, we look can at get that. you into – the mix of the trend. It's all about the recent form, right? Yeah, new episode tomorrow, too, by the way. So check that Shameless out. Three plug. times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, 40, 33. Okay, I, I extended that out because the three went up for Penn State. I was like, ooh, maybe 40, 36. They're hanging around. They're not going Don't away. Don't tease me unless you're going to win this game. Come on, Penn State. Nailed Let's it. Go! There it is. 40, 36, 16, 26 left to go. We got a game in the Big Ten title championship. We'll come back. Speaking of trends, we got some for the NCAA tournament. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick 
and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Live Bet Sunday on VSEN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like bonus bets and bet insurance tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. 
Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. BetMGM and GameSense do remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Got to be 21 years of age or older to wager. New is an existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. Uh, all right, a question for you, Jared, as mm. we're watching this um, Big Ten championship game. Oh, sweating more like. Yes. It. So I know you have your loyalties, but I do find this interesting that we've seen a lot that the second half is where these teams that have played these fourth, you know, these fourth games of four days kind of fade. But last week we're watching Campbell. Campbell's playing what? Their fourth game the of four days. The poor Camels. Built up that big lead, in the right? And then yeah. they, they faded in that UNC one. UNC Smashville, baby. Uh, we've seen multiple instances of this now. It was Furman. Who did Furman play? Furman played um, in their championship game. But either way, they were Chattanooga. Playing. Yep, Chattanooga. The Nukes. Jake they, Stevens. They, yep, they were, uh, they were on four days and ultimately failed to cover. And that second half kind of faded on them. But your Nittany Lions so far are not fading. They're only down by five here with 14.36 left to go in the second. They are sticking around. So this is ultimately leads to my question. Do we expect them to fade? Do the legs kind of come out from underneath them in these last 15 minutes? Do we look for something in-game on Purdue? Or do we expect Penn State, who has delivered throughout this Big Ten tournament, to keep this competitive? I have been wrong over the last two days about this team to the upside, meaning I thought yesterday was going to be the day. And I thought it was shaping out to a really nice Indiana-Purdue-Hoosier State Big Ten final. Like, it just made a ton of sense mm -hmm. that those would be the two teams' biggest rivals, I would say, in the conference outside of Michigan and Ohio State. Um, but that's more on the football side. It, you look at what Purdue has done this year, the matchup is terrible for Penn State. Like, they're just – they're such a more physically imposing team. It checks all of the boxes of what you would expect that narrative to, to play out in terms of the, the, the lesser team, physically speaking, that's playing on an extra day – that has now played five games in seven days mm -hmm. against the Purdue team that I think is going to close the door. But, again, it goes back to yesterday. Penn State just has this extra gear that they have shown at different times, and it's really hard. They're a very likable team because they're well-coached and they've got a lot of role players that can make shots and they're exciting. But that being said, as we're talking this out, it looks like Purdue's making a little run here. So I, I, I do think big picture Penn State's going to fall short. But – I would not be surprised if they found another gear down the stretch and were able to keep this one at least relatively close within the number, which I think closed around seven and a half. Yep. Uh, right now sitting in game uh, before they just took it down right now, at least it was sitting at uh, eight and a half. So once it gets reposted, we'll see what the adjustment will be. But the two differences here is they're showing on the field or the, excuse me, the screen. What was it? 26 points in the paint for Purdue, but also only three made three point attempts so far for Penn State. And that's a really big part of what they do offensively. It's 13, 14 left to go. All right. So with that, NCAA coming up, and I figured, look, I'm not much of um, a trends guy, right? But I thought that this would be fun. I mean, a lot of people like NCAA betting trends. So I went, this is what I like to do with trends. I like to find out why they are the sure. way they are, right? So there's some certain trends. One of my, I always go back to this example. I was listening to, uh, it was Matt Eumann's old show. I used to be the producer for it way back when on local radio, the Las Vegas Sports Line. And they had a guest on, and one of, one of his trends in baseball was like, 
a team that was a dollar eighty favorite that day that had scored multiple <laughs> runs in two frames or more in an afternoon slot was like twenty one and two. And I was like, okay. We're getting a little ridiculous here. <laughs> when the like, temperature is over 75 right. degrees and the wind conditions are calm. The moon is in the seventh house, <laughs> like all that kind of stuff. Like it's a little ridiculous. So like people do like trends though. So I, I put together a couple that I found that want to get your thoughts on and see really what the meat is behind this. Because right. there's way to explain some of these. And some of these are just fun to kind of poke at. So the first one we have up here since 2005, I think I put this one first because this is easily, I think, explained. But we'll see what you say. Since 2005, double-digit underdogs that went outright are 3-17 and 17 straight up, 5-15 and 15 against the spread in the next round. I think that's pretty easily explained, correct? Buy low, sell high. Right. I mean, it's the most generic and basic principle in all of sports betting. If you want a recent real-time example that wasn't the NCAA tournament, Purdue and Ohio State yesterday. Yep. Ohio State wasn't quite a double-digit underdog, but in terms of the situation playing out that way, they win in the quarterfinals. They make it to the semifinals. They are playing way ahead of where you expect an Ohio State team that was a 13 seed to be playing. And then they run into the more physically imposing team, Purdue, the higher seeded team, the best team in the Big Ten. And you see them fall flat on their face the next day. That's kind of the idea behind right. that. Right. Well, and, and, and the straight up thing is, is pretty self explanatory, too. They were a double digit underdog in the previous round for a reason. Exactly. The likelihood that they're going to win the game in the next round exactly. against a team that advanced, likely a good team. Is not it's very high. always good to see, and that's why we were waiting last year with St. Peter's, yeah. and we had to wait a little longer than we expected. But then when it happened, but when it happened, <laughs> the bottom fell out, and yep. the game wasn't close. I forget who it was against Providence. Uh, I'll double check. I, I forget it was, who it was I against. It was, was it North Carolina? It could, could have been. It, yes, yes, yeah, right. It, yes, it was. So it was Kentucky, and mm-hmm. then it was. I think they beat Providence, or where I forget where Providence shaped that. Providence was the other team I remember that had a fade situation at one point. That was like an easy, obvious fade situation. I might be wrong about the matchups there. I forget who's now. I'm curious who did St. Peter's play because they, oh, yeah. they, so they, they won one more game than I think everyone. Expected. North Carolina is the one that smoked them, yes. 69-49. They beat Purdue on the Purdue. way in. Yep. Purdue. And then they beat uh, Murray because State. And then Murray they, State was an obvious one, but it was Kentucky the Purdue the one that round. we expected yep. them to fall flat yep. because they beat Kentucky in the opening round. And then we expected it to be Purdue, and the next round was going to be the one that they fell flat. But they ended up winning one more game. And then they, I mean, the Murray State, that was a favorable matchup making the Sweet 16. And then obviously in the Elite Eight, it all came yep. crashing down. So the other one, the other trend here, and, and uh, actually, you want to stick, since you have this, let's go to these three first, then we'll go to the one that you like, Ortega. Uh, how about this? The last five NCAA tournaments, the two most profitable rounds for underdogs in the Sweet 16, 23, 14, and 3 against the spread. Underdogs are, again, this is just the last five NCAA tournaments and the round of 64, 83, 73, and 3 against the spread. I would say that with no other context other than underdogs in these rounds have been profitable. I don't think you're going out and blindly betting underdogs in the round of 64 or the Sweet 16. They think this is more noise than anything else. Yeah, but also... The Sweet 16 especially, they're better teams. So what's the size of those underdogs? Is it a two-point underdog? Right. Like, like what do you, like, you really want to call them an underdog? So round of 64, you're getting a lot of 10, 15, 20-point underdogs because of, you know, the, the, the seed discrepancies there. But in the Sweet 16, it could literally be a one versus a four. Right. And, you know, or a two versus a three. And what's the what's the market discrepancy there? So that that one doesn't have a whole lot of weight for me. Um, now these next ones, I put these in on purpose because I know people love betting these things. First off, since 1985, the number nine seeds, 76, 72 straight up, 77, 67, and four against the spread versus number eight seeds in the round of 64. Or shocker, 
eight and nine seeds, there's not that much separation between the yeah, two. Right. And really, 76 and 72 is a marginal edge, as is 77 and 67 ATS. So don't buy too much into it. 100% don't buy into that. Also, again, what are the spreads in these games? Sometimes they're pick'ems. Right. Like it's nine and eight. Yeah. Like who cares what the against the spread number is? If the game's a pick'em, it doesn't matter. If the game's a one-point favorite or a two-point favorite, if it's less than one possession, ninety-nine times out of a hundred, the team that wins the game's going to cover the spread. So I know that sounds rudimentary. Just pick the winner. Um, but the seeding means absolutely nothing here. Now, no. Here's, what are you talking seeding about? Seeding means nothing. Here's the one thing about the seeding that I will say matters. When you have a significantly lower-seeded team, that's one I'm going to look at next week. For example, Michigan last year, Colorado State was the it was the five twelve. Uh-huh. It was either five twelve or the six eleven, and Michigan was the eleven seed or the twelve seed, and they were favored by I want to say three or four points against the higher-seeded team. That's where you okay. take the seedings and you say, okay, the market's telling me that the seedings don't matter. You take the lower-seeded team that's favored. That tends to be the the Tim Murray stinky line theory in mm. that sense. Uh, since 2010, this is the one that uh, a lot of people love. We can clean this up on the other side because there's more. The numbers four, five, and six seeds are a combined 57, 83, and four against the spread. Wait, that's a 40.7%. That that the, the whole thing? Yeah. The numbers four, five, and six seeds okay. a combined 57, 83, and four against the spread hitting at a 40% clip in, in the round the f- of 64. First round. So you're yep. saying 4, 13, 5, 12, 6, yep. 11 really struggle yep. to cover against those lower-seeded teams. Yep. And I have the uh, – we'll give you the actual win percentage of this league. For example, that since 2010 – That one holds some water to me. Since 2010, six seeds cover at a 39.1% clip. Yeah. Five seeds cover at a 41.3% clip. And four seeds at a 42.6% clip. Here's why that matters. You're seeing – we talk about parity. That's parity. Mm-hmm the lower-seeded teams that are significantly lower, that are still in the vicinity of the higher-seeded teams, not 116. They're better on Mm -hmm. average than the teams that are higher on average because you're seeing that compression in the market. Yeah. All right, we'll give you our last one at the top of the next hour. We'll tell you this. This is fun. I like this. Uh, Everybody loves themselves a Cinderella. And when we return, we'll tell you why that uh, really shouldn't be the case when it comes to actually winning the entire thing here on Live Bet Sunday. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.